Hello and welcome to another episode of A Slice of Health, the Candid Health Chat podcast, where we slice away health truth from health fiction. Join me and my friends as we challenge common health myths via chit chat, powered by several cups of coffee. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media and do visit us at a sliceofhealth.club. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of A Slice of Health and today we have Dr. Lean, that is D-O-C-T-O-R dot Lean on Instagram for you guys and she is joining us today to bust some health myths relating to somatization. So today we're going to be asking, is uh, it true that women are more prone to somatize um, and is fibromyalgia a real illness or is it a health myth or a health fad? What do you think, Dr. Lean? Great. So, hi guys. Um, thank you so much for having Thanks me. Thanks for joining <laughs> us today. I'm so happy to I'm see so you and to have too. you on the episode. Yay. And I hope you're going to be a recurring guest as well. Of course, I'd love yeah. to. Yeah. Just a bit of an introduction. So, I'm a GP that's currently working in London. Yes. And... Um, Demi and I were together in medical yeah, school, so, so it's so nice that we're still together. having this relationship. Yeah, yeah, this was 10 years ago, wasn't I know, it? It's I know, crazy. Time goes by so quickly. Yeah. The first day I saw Lean, I walked up to her. I think <laughs> we were on a bus going out. Freshers week, and I saw her, and I was like, you know, you look so much like Queen Rania of Jordan. Oh my God, I yeah. love it. <laughs> She's so and beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> and I was, she was like, oh yeah, I'm Jordanian, and I was like, hi. Oh, you I'm didn't know I was Jordanian. I didn't know. Oh my, that's amazing. But I just saw you, and obviously, like Queen Rania, she's just like, she's just so classy, and she's I love just it. so lovely, yeah. and I was like, oh hi. <laughs> and so, Lean um, is a is a GP in London currently. And what are your special interests, Lean? So I'm currently training in functional medicine. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Tell us a bit more about um, it. Yes, yeah, so, so it's basically um, teaching, learning how to prevent disease. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really interested in preventing a disease rather than, of course, treating a disease after it happens. Yeah. But my ideal situation is to prevent it before it happens. Yeah. So it's basically knowing the risk factors of a patient, yeah. mm-hmm. their family history, yes their lifestyle mm-hmm. and then taking all of these to know what they're they're more likely to develop mm-hmm. and then targeting these to prevent that from happening yeah yeah, yeah. and that is so important isn't exactly. it because most of the illnesses that we treat currently yeah are things that could have been prevented exactly you know heart so disease, heart disease yeah. um certain kinds of cancer Cancers, yeah, yeah. um diabetes especially type 2 most diabetes, of them aren't they you know most diseases have modifiable and non-modifiable risk factors yeah, yeah so what that means is modifiable risk factors are risks are basically that you can change that we can change yeah, exactly yeah. Non, non-modifiable such as sex and age which are things that and we your genetics do. as well yeah, <laughs> you didn't choose your mom and dad did you no but, yeah but there's a lot that you can do in terms of you know how much alcohol you, you have how much Absolutely. exercise you get yeah. what kind of diet you're eating yeah. um you know and, and the kind of choices that you make on a daily basis definitely has an impact on your long-term exactly long-term and health. even knowing the kind of symptoms for mm-hmm. a disease that you're likely more to develop yeah. and then knowing the early signs yes that can help you prevent it from happening yeah. initially so, yeah definitely yeah. that is really interesting yeah. that must be really interesting in some in terms of sort of learning and then also sort of trying to counter people's health beliefs as well exactly in terms of like yeah. preventative medicine because you're you're talking to them about okay this these things that you're doing actually they're not setting you on the right track in terms of going forward do you feel as mm. though you get a lot of resistance from people so i'm getting i'm seeing a lot of patients in nhs mm. in, my, in my nhs clinic yeah um 
they tell me about their family history mm. and try to tell them um, you know we need to exchange some things yeah, yeah. they understand but not a lot of them implement so yes. it's just trying to um, really take that passion and willpower to try and yeah, change, and it. change yeah. it it's sort of the cycle of change isn't it you exactly, know sort yeah. of pre pre-contemplation yeah and a lot of people sort of get stuck in that area exactly and yeah they probably need a bit of motivational interviewing to get them going and yeah maybe yeah. A, a good life coach to you exactly know. you need yeah. more time need that's more my issue that. i need more time yes, yeah <laughs> and i suppose this is a, a thing that keeps coming up actually because on one of the episodes i did recently yeah it was we, we ended the episode talking about actually needing more time with patients Absolutely. and it was, uh, yeah. it was also another gp um dr honey and she was saying oh please just ask the reception to give you a double appointment yeah, yeah you know mm. especially when you're coming in or even even a triple appointment if you need 30 minutes yeah it then allows your doctor to be able to explore exactly your concerns yeah you know, in a detailed way, mm-hmm. and also for the doctors to then be able to also address the medical concerns, um, and also potentially your mental health needs as well. Yeah, um, exactly. A person of, has so yeah, many yeah, needs, yeah, it? Too physical, many mental, yeah, to, to a person. Yeah. Well, that's really great. That, that's, that all sounds really <laughs> exciting. Actually, you know what? We should get you back and talk I'd a bit more to. about you know preventive preventing medicine diseases, yeah, and preventing absolutely. diseases yeah. and diet exercise alcohol you know things like that 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 would be really great yeah but getting to today's episode so we're talking about somatization yeah and fibromyalgia yeah it's a great topic actually Mm -hmm. probably so many things to discuss about it i know i know we might not even be able to finish it in this episode so we probably would actually come back to it yeah um what's your take on sort of fibromyalgia so I mean, we were just talking before we started this podcast yeah. is that there's so many people with fibromyalgia that yeah. I see in my clinic mm. and we were just thinking that most of them are women yeah. and I was just reading the literature yeah. um, and about fibromyalgia is times seven in women mm. than compared to men. That is quite a lot and actually. Why do you think it? that's yeah. the case? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so women we were discussing as well that women do have a lot of stress in life compared to you know they they are expected to do a lot of things yeah 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 yeah. so yeah that could be one of the factors why it's more common in women yeah yeah um maybe we should tell the people what fibromyalgia is actually yeah yeah. because i think sometimes i don't know i feel as though sometimes people experience things but they just don't know how to articulate what is going on and i feel quite a lot of women potentially actually experience the symptoms of fibromyalgia without actually knowing, having a diagnosis, having a diagnosis yeah. knowing actually what is this thing that I, I am feeling. I'm feeling pain in my body, but I can't actually experience or say to the doctor that, oh, it hurts me everywhere yeah. and anywhere anybody touches me, it really hurts. So how yeah. would you describe fibromyalgia in sort of a simple way to people? Yeah, so fibromyalgia is basically... Um, a syndrome which what that means is um, it can come in can present in a lot of ways Mm. so it can be presenting in intense pain Mm. it could be fatigue and tiredness it could be you know tummy cramps Mm. um, nausea sometimes it's just feeling unwell feeling weak so it's very um, 
it's very unspecific. It is, you can't really it? pinpoint yeah. on something yeah. that's causing yeah. it. Yeah. And most people cannot find the trigger for yeah. all of these symptoms, yeah. which yeah. makes it harder and frustrating for patients. For patients definitely. And yeah. also for doctors, because it's difficult to help a patient. And when we examine them and do tests, such as blood tests and sometimes ultrasounds or x-rays, and they all come back as normal, yeah. it's still frustrating because even though you know everything is normal, it's still there's no answer explanation yeah. for these people yeah, yeah i think that is quite difficult isn't it because you're sort of designed to either prevent or diagnose and then treat something exactly and if yeah. you don't have a diagnosis that has a treatment that yeah. is a proven evidence-based treatment then it becomes really difficult to manage and i think the way doctors are trained in sort of modern day medicine it's, yeah. it's so different it's, i mean Absolutely, they do try yeah. to make it as holistic as possible yeah but i think it, it is very difficult it is yeah. very difficult and it's sort of like a sort of machine line where you you know you add this and then it gives it this as opposed to actually they've been able to explore a little bit more mm. because there's no there's no cure for fibromyalgia not as far yeah, as I so there's no, no, there are medications there are to try medications and help with the try, symptoms. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's more about symptom control, isn't it? Yeah. Than an actual cure that, you Absolutely. know, it's not like an antibiotic prescription. No. That, okay, if you take this antibiotic for this duration of time, yeah. it will make your infection better. And mm. if your infection is not better, we'll give you another course of antibiotics yeah. or we'll wash it out. Exactly, and, you know, it's not like that. It's not like no. that. It's, it's not, probably because like we don't know what the cause is, yes. so there's probably no cure for it. Yeah. Um, but it has been linked to mental health problems and such as depression and anxiety it's yeah. very commonly you see people with depression anxiety yeah. who have fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely and i think that brings us to the somatization we were talking about yeah. in terms of the fact that women are actually more likely to experience physical pain yeah when they are under stress absolutely or when they have emotional baggage emotional mm. trauma mm. and I think there's just a thing now about people not being able to process their trauma as well. Yeah. I feel a lot of people have a lot of baggage from their past. I think yeah. we, we were just talking about emotional trauma and people's baggage as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually were. Um, and, um, and I think people don't necessarily have as many outlets to be able to discuss what different life experiences have done yeah. to them and women do seem to somatize in sort of physical in sort of physical pain yeah and potentially sort of our communities as well maybe the ethnic communities as well do you feel as though mm. women in sort of our communities are more likely to yeah are more likely to feel aches and pains in their body that they can't really articulate good point good point yeah. um it could be the fact that they're not able to express how yeah. they're feeling mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. it from a language barrier yeah. which can make yeah. it much more difficult yeah yeah and it could also be a cultural thing where they're I not supposed so. to yeah. explain their symptoms yeah. specifically if it's related to anxiety yeah, and depression yeah. and or the situation yeah. in the home yeah um i think maybe in, in some of our communities as well maybe women the way women are supposed to express themselves mm. and i think women generally are supposed to be seen as oh just grin and bear it and just yeah. you know just be happy all the time yeah. and you're not allowed to actually say okay these are the things that are bothering me and these yeah. are the things that are really affecting me mm. but what do you think sort of in terms of fibromyalgia let's say maybe the physical side of things and the physical pain and the aches what what have you found helps people other than tablets because we know yeah, because absolutely. what we because I think a lot of times as well, like taking pain medication for generalized aches and pains, yeah. you, you then eventually start to build up a tolerance uh, yeah. level. Yeah. And we find that with a lot of pain medications, don't mm. we? Especially things like morphine and codeine, yeah. where your brain then begins to then 
become used to certain levels mm-hmm. where I don't know maybe five milligrams of, of uh, an opioid medication would have been sufficient for you ten years ago for the same level of yeah, pain but, but in really another couple of years you need fifty you need fifty yeah. milligrams and it continues to go up that way without yeah. so what have you found you see it as well in the clinical practice mm. you, if people come in with fibromyalgia symptoms you stop them on medication they still keep coming yeah, back because yeah. they're not satisfied it's not helping and yeah. um, maybe yes it can help for the short period mm-hmm. of time but mm. they will come back yeah um there are other things which we can do yeah. to help with fibromyalgia which I found in clinical practice to have been more helpful yeah, than medications, yeah. mm-hmm. such as talking therapies and CBT. Yeah, that is so important. Very important. I think it's yeah. so important. Because it's yeah. all about knowing how you're feeling yeah. and trying to deal with it yeah. and trying to know how to cope with it yeah. rather than you know taking a medication to try and numb it down yeah. a little bit and then we'll yeah. come back again. Yeah. Um, because having these physical symptoms are not easy. Yeah. Um, I've experienced yeah. them. I'm sure other mm-hmm. old women really experience yeah, and definitely. even men yeah. Yeah. Um, experience these symptoms and that are not medically understand, explained. Yeah. 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 Um, so it is, it is difficult. So it's all about knowing that these symptoms can be and actually accepting it yeah that's the big part of accepting yeah. that it is it is emotional as well yes and yes. that's causing your symptoms yeah. and once you accept it you're more likely to that will be an initial step to help you with managing it yeah yeah, yeah. and i think that is so important as well what you just said in terms of accepting yeah. that there is a mental side of things. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. health is not just about what we can see. Mm. It's not just about, oh, there's a lump, I can cut it out. Or there's a broken bone, I can patch it up. It's also about what is going on in the part that we cannot exactly. see, which is the mental part, yeah. which is not even seen in the slices of the brain. It's a lot more complex than that. And yeah. I think people, I mean, we're getting better now at talking about mental health. Mm. But I think there's still a lot of stigma absolutely yeah. attached to talking about mental health. And I think... Once people realize that actually then there is a component of my current illness that is related to mm. the way I process information, mm. the way I think about things, the the kind of thought patterns that I have. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Ian Lavazant. No. No, she, she, she calls it um, dominant negative thought patterns. Yeah. And I think and that's, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's you, you have these dominant negative thoughts mm. and then you recycle them and you recycle them and you mm. recycle them. Yeah. And people don't realize actually that they have these dominant negative thoughts and yeah. they can then trickle down into your life in other ways. Yeah. I suppose that's where CBT comes in, isn't it? Where you're then addressing. Exactly. And you're challenging yeah. these thoughts and you're saying, mm. okay what exactly am i actively thinking right now and mm. is that actually logical is it true yeah. is it you know is it wise mm. um and is it helpful exactly. as well yeah um and mindfulness absolutely yes mm. meditation meditation yes, yes. <laughs> i've just so recently important. started doing yeah? meditation yeah. yes it's just amazing yeah. um i don't take a lot of time doing it mm-hmm. um i just use about five minutes yeah. of my time mm-hmm. every day yeah. but i feel that we need it yeah. you know it's it's not just gps or doctors or you know lawyers mm-hmm. who are having a, you know very stressful time yeah. it's yeah. what we were saying it's Everyone, everyone is expected to have to be perfect in the way they look, in the way they work, in the way to have a perfect Instagram photo. Oh my god, (laughs) it's so difficult, by the way. It is. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) you're the professional. Well, you need the light. Well, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Well, you know, but you're really good actually. Instagram is actually really popping. That is Doctor Dot Lee. Thank you, guys. Um, 
But yeah, meditation, mindfulness. Yes, um, yes. I'm using this app at the moment, oh, Mindspace. Okay. Um, which is just brilliant and yeah. it just takes a couple of minutes yeah. of your time yeah. and it just takes you through the process, especially if you're a basic person yeah, trying yeah. to, you know, starting from mm-hmm. um, basics in yeah, meditation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which has been helpful. That is really good. Mm. And I think, that, you know, meditation is so great. And I think um, in terms of religion as well, so I think relig- different religions do meditation in different ways. Yeah. So some religions do meditation in sort of an empty in your mind process mm. of just clearing out your mind. Yeah. And then some religions do meditation in actually filling your mind and ruminating on certain good thoughts and positive mm. thoughts and mm. just ha- meditating on a good affirmation at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And I think whichever way you find meditation Help. helpful mm. for you, I think just having that time to quiet your spirit and either fill it with good things or empty it of negative things. I think yeah. it's so, so, so important. Yeah. So, so important. That's really good. But what about like other therapies for um, like fibromyalgia, like yeah. massage, acupuncture? Yeah, acupuncture, yes. So yeah. I've actually seen acupuncture um, work. I've worked in a previous GP practice where one of the GP, um, senior GPs yeah. used to do acupuncture oh, really? patients. And I had a lot of patients coming in. Where is she? I want my acupuncture Are really help. And it's just, yeah, it's something that needs to be explored a bit, a more, bit more with the NHS, yeah, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, and I think it's what works for your body, really. Yeah. So if you feel that acupuncture does help mm-hmm. or massage does help yeah. or osteopath helps, mm-hmm. then that's helping you so mm-hmm. just keep doing it yeah if you yeah. feel that it's not helping then try something else yeah. so it's all about and seeing what works for you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and i think knowing your body as well yeah i think as women there are a lot of things in terms of obviously hormones yeah. that is such an important thing yeah and um there's um this book that I, I've been reading, mm. uh, oh gosh, it's got, it's, it's got a profane title, but the, <laughs> the, the, the t- it's called Moody, okay. and the second word is B-I-T-C-H-E-S, okay. and it's written by, it's written by, uh, it's just my mom might listen to this podcast, so if she hears me say that word, she'd be like, whoa, child. calm down, <laughs> but um, it's actually a really good book um and the tagline actually you know what let me find the specific tagline because it's written by this american psycho um psychiatrist yeah and she basically addresses quite a lot of um issues that women face mm. in terms of their mental health and also the medication that we take the pills that we take yeah and how all of that affects us in lots of different ways and Absolutely, so she yeah. addresses the issues of um the use of certain antidepressant medication mm. and apparently at a point in america aripiprazole was the first line treatment that people were using to treat depression in oh, women wow. and that is an antipsychotic medication yeah. and what she was saying was actually in a lot of these women what she was finding was they didn't need any medication they needed a prescription for exercise mm. and fresh air exactly and yeah. that you wake up in the morning at seven o'clock and if you were w- working at nine o'clock wake up in the morning and just go outside and just walk yeah have a cup of coffee and just go walking for 30 minutes come back in have a good mm. breakfast and go to work yeah and she was finding that the exposure to sunlight yeah early in the morning fresh air, fresh air yeah the physical exercise which releases endorphins which mm. are naturally um they're natural hormones aren't they natural chemicals for pleasure yeah actually made these women feel a lot better and mm. they did not need to be popping a pill every single Absolutely. morning. Absolutely. It's their type of meditation, isn't it? Yeah. Just going and just, and just mindfulness. Mindfulness and, yeah. and things. Um, and also she was talking about the pill and the certain, you know, how 
so many and that's what i've actually found in practice as well so many women respond to the different pills in such different ways and you know and some women would come in and we'd be like oh my partner thinks that um i've changed yeah and that I'm, like can i have a different pill and I'm like, yeah. yeah you can definitely have a different pill because these hormones can definitely affect the yeah. way your body responds mm. and the tagline for her book is the truth about the drugs you're taking the sleep you're missing the sex you're not having <laughs> and what is really making you crazy by Dr. Julie Holland. Oh, that sounds like a good book. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's quite it. a thick book, but yeah. it's actually really good. Um, and I think as a medic as well, just reading it, yeah, I can I, I can actually see quite a lot of things in practice mm. where people are experiencing things that they're not really able to understand, but little things and like sort of preventative medicine can yeah. come in and help them yeah. in terms of in terms of addressing that as well. Mm. And how would you recommend women understand their own responses to their own hormones? I was just going to say, actually, that if you think medically mm. of how um, the her- hormones mm. for every woman... So just before our... When our periods um, start, mm. that's when we have very, very little, little hormone mm-hmm. of both progesterone and estrogen, yeah. which are female hormones, basically. And then when you... Um, and then they start going up and up and up and up and up, up to a certain point where the egg is, re- is released... Mm-hmm. And then once you have your period, these, well, just before you have your period, these hormones just drop. Yeah. So imagine what is happening in our body. Yeah. It's just crazy. The yeah. hormones are just all over all the place. Over the They're place. up and down, yeah. up and yeah. down. Yeah. So that kind of explains a little bit mm-hmm. of how we're feeling when it comes to our mood and mm-hmm. especially PMSing mm-hmm. and um, getting very moody. Yeah. So yeah. that's something that's very unique for women mm-hmm. that men do not have. Yeah. So that can be actually a part of, you know, how of somatization yeah, maybe definitely. of having these hormones all over yeah. and that can give us some yeah. uh, physical symptoms, symptoms as, as well. well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think in, in terms of that as well, it, it affects so much, doesn't it? Because yeah, it's crazy. there's a peak yeah. and then you get to that really fertile point. Exactly. It, you know, and, and then boom. And then boom, you yeah. feel so happy yeah. and you feel a lot more in love yeah, and a lot more um, amorous at yeah. that time. Yeah. Yeah. And women be very careful, okay? Do not <laughs> declare love to a man between day 10 and 17 of your period, okay? Of your cycle, just because, like, your hormones are at I've, their peak. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can make certain decisions in that time period yeah, that yeah. you would not have made um, at other times, yeah? Where you were slightly more logical in terms of your in terms of But your you cycle. see how much hormones can affect but, us. But, yeah, it's, it's it really crazy. does. Yeah. You're happier, you're, you know, you just... I don't know, there's just something different about yeah. it. But then, does that also mean that, because obviously with that as well, so some women then want to have sort of an even kill in mm. terms of their period or yeah. their hormones. And so they want to then have hormones taken in consistently that are giving them the same Absolutely. level of um, hormone, level. Or hormone yeah. level that is consistent. Yeah. But then it, it, it does depend on you. And I think every woman should talk to their doctor about it. Yeah. Because obviously some women will find that that just keeps them very labile in terms of their responses because mm. you're not having those peaks yeah. anymore. Um, and then some women actually don't like that because they actually like having a time of the month where they are a bit happier yeah. and a bit more pleasant, a bit more energized, yeah, yeah. feeling a bit more in love. It keeps you on your toes, doesn't it? It keeps you on your toes, it, doesn't, you it? Your toes yeah. doesn't it? And it you know, so, so definitely speak to your doctor about it in terms, of, in terms of yeah. what is best for you and obviously with mm. your with your risk factors as well. Not everybody can have yeah. every kind of pill. Yeah. Um, but what about seeking help for um, 
mental health illness mm. when you're realizing that actually okay these my physical symptoms are not um there's no physical cause for it and mm. you don't want to go down the route of tablets yeah. um for pain for mm. painkillers what about sort of antidepressant use of antidepressants mm. in managing those kind of symptoms what, what 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 have you found do you find that people are actually they, they do better or, or or do you find that it actually isn't as effective it very varied really in practice as it you is, said it, it does depend on the person, on the person yeah. i've seen a lot of people saying that, that you know they've really worked and i really want to go back on it yeah. i want someone on it mm-hmm. it's just I'm, I'm back to normal and i've seen other people say I'm, i feel like a zombie on it yes i don't want to go back yeah. and talking therapies have helped me more um and you see other people who actually get worse on it it's yeah. just really depend on the peop on the person it really does doesn't um, it the, but actually research has sh- have found that a combination of both medications and talking yes. therapies have been more effective than anything more effective. else yeah, yeah definitely i think that is something that i always try to do in terms of because i think people feel a barrier in terms of oh am i going to go talk to a stranger about how i feel yeah exactly um and i think we just need to be a bit more open about that because exactly. people a lot of times some people feel that oh i'll just take a pill and i'll feel better mm. you might do but the thing about therapy is that it gives you the coping strategies yeah. to then be able to address certain issues and so when you're having certain difficulties mm. you know what to do you know what exercises it you long to term, do and it gives it? Yeah. yeah it gives you the skills long term to be able to then help you through those cool. issues mm coping mechanisms things that you can teach other people yeah, as well yeah. you know if you see someone having a panic attack you'll be able to know okay these are the ways to do breathing exercises yeah. or certain tapping on your thymus or you yeah. know little things that you learn through therapy mm. that you might not be able to learn With by taking by taking by taking a pill yeah and also there's online CBT as well, so it doesn't have to be with the therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that 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 seems to have just as good um, effects, effects yeah. um, as sort of having like face to face face to face therapy. Yeah, but for people who are on medication, it's not a bad thing. No, so there's, no, there are yeah. some stigmas with medication, so isn't it? With yeah. Medication, yeah, yeah. So it's if it's working for you, then definitely keep continuing taking it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does with medications of antidepressants. It takes a long time for it to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. it can take up to four to six, four to six weeks. weeks. Yeah. Um, you might need to titrate that up as well. Exactly. Yes, but it's not a bad thing. And if you are on medication, you feel that it's helping, then definitely continue. Mm-hmm. And the advice would be to continue on it for a bit longer after you feel that you've gone back to normal remission yeah exactly yeah so give it a couple of months up to six months of when you're feeling normal and then start to titrate down or stop it afterwards yeah i actually got a lot of people asking me about antidepressants Mm. and once they are they allowed to just stop Mm. or should they titrate down and that's a very difficult question to answer the research has shown that if you just suddenly stop it's not supposed to give you that addictiveness or tolerance so you're able to go just go turkey yeah, and stop yeah, it yeah. but a lot of clinical practice has shown us Show that, 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 that that's not the same do that. yes, yeah yes, so it's very yeah. and odd it is it's extremely odd yeah and uh, what i've actually realized now is obviously <laughs> it, it i think we need to do a lot more research into antidepressants mm. because and I know I used the word remission earlier, and it is yeah. actually remission. So when you go into remission with your depression, we normally say stay on your antidepressants for at least three to six months, or yeah. even sometimes a year yeah. while you're in remission. So while you're feeling better, mm. before you then speak to your doctor about cutting down. Yeah. And because what we understand is 
from clinical practice is a lot of patients come in and when you say okay well there's medication that we can try alongside therapy what do you think and they say oh no doctor i don't want an antidepressant because it's addictive yeah exactly and the yeah. first thing we say it's not is addictive, not addictive. Yeah. however in clinical practice what we're finding is that people are having these serotonin withdrawal yeah. effects and it's not an addictive effect but it is the fact physical, that it, 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 it is a physical of, yeah. it is a physical thing isn't it because your brain has been bathed with so much serotonin, serotonin yeah and then all of a sudden you just stop it yeah and if you stop it at a time when you're not fully in remission yeah yeah you, you your coping strategies have not been fully firmly planted mm-hmm. you're just getting better yeah those physical symptoms can actually make you feel really unwell exactly, and and, yeah. and people i mean people have these symptoms even to 20 milligrams of satiety mm. so i think yeah, yeah definitely i think i'm more inclined to do a stepwise reduction yeah which makes sense a stepwise reduction yeah. and and then you just titrate that to a person, isn't it? Yeah. So you can either do it over two weeks. And, and for some people, you can even, you might want to do it a bit longer. Exactly. Um, I guess having that discussion have... with your doctor yeah. and seeing what works yeah, for you. Yeah. And especially if by the time when you, you're you stopping it, mm. you're doing that talking therapies or you're implementing that in your life, yeah. then you're much more likely yeah. to be able to stop quicker. And I think that's than... where it comes in, isn't it? In yeah. terms of having both talking therapy. Yeah from a trained psychologist or a yeah. trained counsellor, yeah. well-being practitioner, to just having the tablet on its own yeah. and feeling that at six months I'm just going to stop mm. and, you know, it's going to go away. Yeah. But if you have both of them together, then the coping strategies come in Watch when the tablets it. are sort of being phased out, yeah. being phased out of your system. Mm. But just going back to that as well, like, I feel a lot of women, and maybe potentially women as well, because all men... When they're having physical symptoms, mm. aches, pains, body aches, and headaches, pains, headaches, yeah. lethargy, um, put it down to oh, I'm just really stressed. Yeah, they they, they can be quite flippant about it. Mm. And what what would your recommendation be? Because actually, there's a lot of things that people need in terms of blood tests and yeah. vitamin D. Especially in England, where Absolutely, people don't take their God. vitamin D. Take your vitamin D. Please. I've actually got a post about this. Oh, you have to have you your have vitamin D. You have to have your vitamin D. The number yeah. of times I've had conversations with people mm. and I'm like, do you take your vitamin D? And they're like, no, doctor. It's, it's like, it's, take it's, it. It's, it's not, it's, it's a, it's a, um, some, I think I've heard people say, oh, it's a, uh, synthetic thing. Yeah. It's not useful. Oh, I go on holiday for one week every year. I get mm. enough vitamin D. And no, it's actually not yeah. because you get a lot of muscular pain and bone pain, bone pain fatigue, fatigue kindness, exhaustion, mood, yeah. mood. So there's certain things that actually, if you did have like a good blood work with your doctor when you did go in yeah, initially, exactly. you might be able to find out certain things. And vitamin D, in especially on this side of the hemisphere, yeah. is one of the main things. Absolutely. Especially the... if you're slightly darker skinned as well. Exactly. Yeah. And we need more vitamin D yeah. to keep you going. Yeah, yeah. The reason we're emphasizing so much about vitamin D is not just because we we're promoting vitamin D or we want it's because we don't have much? any endorsements from exactly, any company I wish that we are. <laughs> but it's it's just how many people we've seen I go through my blood test every day and you see so many people with deficient and insufficient yes, vitamin D yes. and that's the reason why we keep saying vitamin D is because we see it in clinical practice yeah. every day that's mm-hmm. a simple thing that can help you 
basically long term long with term. your symptoms. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And the chief medical officer in England has actually recommended that everybody actually yeah. in England should be on, on, on their exactly. vitamin D. And that includes children as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that yes. includes children, especially because they, you know, they need vitamin D for the um, bone growth and bone strength as well. Um, and obviously with adults as well. Mm. So what else in terms of physical, physical sort of aches and pains do we find commonly is a, is a problem? Yes. So actually fibromyalgia is a, is a diagnosis of exclusion. Yes. And that one that means is other diseases or other problems need to be excluded that before is someone tells you you important. have fibromyalgia. Yes, yeah, yeah, that is extremely important. Things that can mask symptoms of my fibromyalgia, yeah. we mentioned vitamin D deficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, thyroid problems that's that a very that, common and that one. is so common yeah, isn't it it's, exactly. so, it's so common because people do come in and they're like just check my thyroid like, yeah. I want you to check my thyroid like, yeah. oh what's going on they're like just check it you know and yeah. and that and that is something that is actually quite true because either way of the thyroid you can actually get, get those kind symptoms. of those kind of symptoms as well absolutely um, so if, if your if your thyroid was hyperactive or yeah. hypoactive you could get either one of those physical side um, signs and symptoms as well exactly what else yeah. what else commonly do we see that can cause that so um most commonly so i think iron deficiency anemia is yeah. also one as well yeah that absolutely. can cause quite anemia. a lot of, yeah yeah quite a lot of lethargy tiredness mm. and, and things as well there are some serious things of, mm, course, of course that we yeah. need to rule yeah. out before yeah. Um, but I feel that people, when they read about serious things, they kind of stick in, yes, their, yes. Um, in their mind, you know, I've yes. got leukemia, I've got lymphoma. <sighs> oh, I've got um, Lyme's disease. Yeah, oh my yes. God, Lyme's disease, Lyme's that's disease. coming more common. Yes, it yeah. is, it really is, yeah. Um, but it's important to rule it out, so if yeah. you think you might have it for any specific reason, then definitely speak to your doctor, yeah. because you could possibly have it, but mm-hmm. at the end of, but that needs to be checked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, so, so it's so important that... If you're getting these kinds of signs and symptoms, just see your doctor, speak to your doctor. And the thing about health is it's not one size fits all. No. It's sort of a concierge service. Yeah. Isn't it? And you sort of true. you tailor things to each person and that's how it should be, isn't it? Because different people yeah, are so different. Yeah. yeah. So you, you tailor things to each person, yeah. you know, what is their lifestyle like? And exactly. you know, the 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 things that might work for a 23 year old who's just out of uni with a huge job in the city might not be exactly the same thing for a mother of four who you know who also works at home and in the marketplace Mm. and you know or and is caring for her elderly mother it's just it's so it is different and so you tailor things to what is going to suit this person's lifestyle yeah um, what are their health beliefs yeah. as well? What mm. myths do we need to fight? Yeah. Um. Here in this situation, and and then you just go from and you just go from there. But I think people need to be open with their doctors and go in and speak to their doctors. Exactly. Um. Book time. I think that's also the thing as well. <laughs> book time so that you don't feel the doctor doesn't feel rushed and, and you, you don't, don't feel, feel rushed right. as well. So yeah. if you if you make sure that you book a good time with your doctor and just yeah. speak to them about the things that are concerning you. Absolutely. Um, There's one thing as well address. that we should cover is alcohol and drugs and yes. um, sometimes that is a cycle isn't it? Yeah. You can yeah. start it because you're having these symptoms yeah. or you could or these symptoms could be a result of drinking alcohol yeah. mm-hmm. or taking drugs yeah. so um trying to reduce those down and cutting them as much as you can yeah. can help prevent this cycle yeah yeah, yeah. and I, and that's the thing is actually that you're so correct because with alcohol if you're feeling exhausted and you're yeah. so tired rubbish day at work yeah. so exhausted you come home you have a glass uh-huh. of wine 
Yeah, and you can't sleep after that, yeah. and then the tiredness. It's a yeah, cycle, isn't it? and then yeah. it becomes a cycle. Or yeah. you, you drink, and then you feel a little bit better, and then the following mm. week you do the exact same thing, and then it yeah. becomes instead of one glass of glass of wine, yeah. it's two glasses of wine, yeah. and then before you realize it, you're having one whole bottle every single night, mm. and then obviously that then has a knock on effect on your physical, absolutely, um, and it's all empty yeah. calories as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's a lot of calories. It's a lot of calories. It's yeah. a lot of calories, and it's all empty calories. Um, and it then has that negative mm. negative side effect or, or smoking yeah, as well because you know you feel stressed and you have a cigarette yeah. and you feel that that is actually helping your stress but it actually isn't helping no. it actually isn't helping your then stress getting this smoker's cough yeah. that you're yeah. having and just yeah. um, it's not a good risk thing of, of quite a lot of cancers as well yeah, absolutely. With, with, with all that tobacco mm, I find um, it odd that people do smoke nowadays giving that link with so many different cancers, yeah. you know, it's it's difficult knowing that. I know it's difficult for people to stop. Yeah. Um. But you really need to to kind of take it on board how many diseases are linked. Well, that's the thing, though, isn't it? I think it's the addiction, isn't it, to mm. the nicotine? Yeah. I think the nicotine is so addictive, and I yeah. if if people, well, it's it depends, though. I suppose if people had the nicotine replacement in a sufficient way they might not smoke yeah but then also there's something about habit. going outside yeah yeah it's a habit of holding the cigarette having holding yeah. the cigarette yeah. breathing in and out which yeah. is actually a stress relieving activity yeah, absolutely. but unfortunately instead of you breathing in fresh air and breathing out fresh air you're breathing in tar. tobacco fumes <laughs> and tar and so it's it is quite complex isn't it mm. in terms of stopping smoking and reducing all of that and a lot of people who do stop unfortunately go back into smoking yeah, yeah. when they get into a stressful situation absolutely and it, it's it comes back to what we're talking about in terms of mm. getting in good coping mechanisms yeah. that are beneficial and stress relieving um and are not doing harm to harm to you and harm to harm to your body yeah and obviously something like swimming is so important you you yeah, love swimming i love swimming yeah, yeah. it just helps a lot of things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um helps with heart disease yeah. with uh, you know just getting the exercise there yeah. back pain yeah. asthma it's just and a good way to exercise mm-hmm. and you can get that meditation while you're breathing in and yeah. out as well yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that is that is that is us today, really, in terms yeah. of somatization and fibromyalgia. So I hope we've answered the question. Yes, women are more likely to somatize. Yeah. Yes. Um, but fibromyalgia is actually, although it's not fully understood in terms of the cause, it is a real illness. Exactly. And with time and more research, patients, yeah. more scientists, mm-hmm. more women in medicine. <laughs> we might be able to actually understand it better yeah and i absolutely. suppose in a hundred years i think the things that we're doing for fibromyalgia now would be so redundant yeah. i mean so many things would be redundant in a hundred years yeah cancer yeah. treatments today would be redundant yeah um it's already a lot of things have changed yeah, since, yeah. We, were since we were in medical school, school, school till now yeah like hrt, HRT like, oh my god you know, that's a topic that we that need to discuss that is a topic that we need to absolutely. discuss as well yeah, yeah. definitely um, and so yeah, so there's so much, so much there. Yeah. But I think the the really important things are, if you're having physical signs and symptoms that you cannot explain, see your doctor. Yeah. Have your blood work done. Have yeah. an examination done. And if it is fibromyalgia, then discuss with your doctor. Yeah. The things that they've seen in clinical practice that are evidence based mm. and are helpful mm. that can allow you to then continue to have a fulfilling life. Yeah. Even with these these symptoms, and you'll find that you'll have good days and bad days. Mm. But as long as you're able to 
manage and have still a good quality of life mm. while using your coping strategies yeah. then i think that that should be that should be quite quite important exactly. as well exactly and knowing that you're not alone and yeah. other people do have the same yeah. symptoms try and go to the groups like fibromyalgia groups that is so that important that is very helpful yes, because the yeah. sense of community you know, exactly I'm not alone. is very important yeah yeah, I think it's so much, it's so good when you know that actually you're not the only one. Going exactly with anything. Like with if I anything. know someone else is going yeah. through the same thing, I'd be like, oh, "This I know, is good. Like, I'm not the only person that is yeah. struggling with this exactly. or having these problems." Yeah. And I think that is that is always so important because when you feel isolated, yeah, then your mental health is also more likely to actually regress yeah and, and you're more likely to actually suffer with your mental health and you feel quite isolated as Absolutely. well when you're struggling yeah. so dr lean give the people a call to action yay so um to phrase mm-hmm. you mean okay so um this is a difficult one we've talked about so many things <laughs> we have um, yes so just go out there meditate mm. so at least yeah my basically it's just having this five minutes of meditation and um, talk about the, your problems to someone, either your doctor, your friend, your parents, talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely talk about it. And I think the more we talk about things and are open about things, exploring yeah. things as mm. well, then the better we would be able to then start addressing issues and confronting the problems that different people face yeah. as well. Yeah. So thank you oh, so thank much. You for thank you for great. being on the podcast today. Yes, yeah. Make sure you um, follow Dr. Lee uh-huh. on Instagram. Thank yeah. you. And uh, make sure you subscribe to this episode. Yes. Okay. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and it is a slice of health club. Okay. Until next time. See Bye. you guys later. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Remember that this podcast in no way replaces the advice you receive from your own doctor or physician. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media. Leave us a review on iTunes so that others can access the amazing content. And do join the club at a sliceofhealth.club where you will also be able to access the profiles of the guests we've had on today. And don't forget to be a health champion wherever you are by separating health fact from health fiction.